Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. In 1916, the BMW company was created. Lincoln Logs were invented, along with the hamburger bun and the light switch. Wait, wait, what are you doing? You said this was the centennial celebration of RDTN. No, it's our centennial episode. Oh, in that case, on this episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, the guys talk about Gen Con, share some Gen Con flying squirrels, and host their first game show. So, Rodney Smith, Suzanne Sheldon, Chaz Marler, Robin Christina Rouse, Jamie Keggy, Matt Evans, Joel Eddy, come on down and join us for the 100th episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Hello and welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. And I am Tony. And this is Marty. And this is episode 100, The Long and Winding Road. Marty, 100. Amazing. Three and a half years in the making and we did it. I am shocked because early on we're going, will we even get to 10 and here we are at 100. And what a great journey it's been. It really has been. And especially, you know, for 95, we were a member of the Dice Tower Network, but for five of them, we weren't. So technically, we've been in the Dice Tower Network for 95 episodes. <laughs> Will we do something special when we went 100 with them? Will they do something special for us? Okay. Let's, well, actually, we do have a contest going on currently with the Dice Tower, and that's the um, Cool Stuff Inc. $50 gift card, if you haven't seen that. Did you see that? I did see that. And in fact, we have like a a week left to go once this episode drops on August 31st will be the end of the contest. And ours is pretty straightforward. Tony, you actually came up with this, which was pretty good. Jimmy Fallon does his hashtag uh, little games that he has. And and what we're doing is the same sort of thing Uh, via Instagram or Twitter or on email or BGG or Facebook. Just use the hashtag RDTN game fail and tell us your biggest game fail. And from those, we're going to pick the one that we like the best. That person is going to get a $50 gift card to Cool Stuff Inc. and be entered into the larger drawing that the Dice Tower will be doing in early September. Yeah. I mean, we're lucky to be able to participate. This is what, the third year that we've gotten been able to be in this? It is. And it's a big thanks to Cool Stuff Inc. and Dice Tower for sponsoring this contest because it's always fun. So when you're typing that, do you say like, Put the hashtag symbol in this bell out hashtag or I, I was getting all confused by that today. I was like, what's the proper etiquette here? So when you're actually, when you were typing up the blog post, yeah, just use the pound sign or num- number sign. So you don't have to say hashtag, hashtag RDTN game fail. When you're typing it out, just the symbol, then RDTN game fail. That'd be kind of crazy to type hashtag, hashtag sign RDTN game fail. Um, hopefully you correct that in the blog. And this is just showing our age right here. We have no idea how this fancy, <laughs> fancy stuff works. Now, next question. The long and winding road. What is the significance of that name? Let's see. It's a Beatles song. Yes. Uh, it is kind of indicative of how we've gotten here. It's been a long and winding. Oh, wait. There's only one reason why we ever use Beatles songs, and that's when we have a special guest on the show. That's exactly right, eh? Hey, well, it's not that special guest. It's another special guest. But we know we've got a couple special guests, right? Dude, we have 10 special guests on this episode. Hey, 100 episodes divided by 10 is 10, 
And from that, there's 10 guests. That is a lie. There are only eight guests, which if you divide by 100 by eight, that is not uh, an even number. So what you're telling me is math games are not going to be our strong per, strong suit. It is not. We're not going to review any sort of math games because obviously that was a... that was a, Hey, there's an RTN podcast fail. There you go. Another one at that. And by the way, for those of you entering the Cool Stuff Inc. contest, you don't have to constantly point out my fails, but that's okay. I don't care. Whatever. Just think of something creative. Tell us what happened. Yeah, and I know what he's talking about because they've been pointing out Tony's fails. And in fact, I forgot to mention, we're going to take some of our favorite ones from the hashtag RTT and game fail, and we're actually going to read them on the show. Now, Marty, uh, there's a lot of commotion going on behind us, but before we let that group of squirrels into the studio, we got one more yes. very special announcement to make about from one of our sponsors is also celebrating our 100th show and they were beyond generous yes they were fun again games is going to sponsor as part of a giveaway a 100 dollar gift certificate to funagaingames.com guys over at fun again thank you so much for doing this now normally for something of that value i would make them find a hidden link leading to a complicated <laughs> 20 part question survey girls <laughs> i mean uh, there, there's no reason for anybody not to have to jump through hoops like that to get a hundred dollars i mean that might might get you some of the games that are coming out with all the miniatures uh yes it will and a lot of the hot games that are coming out at gen con and the beauty of this is this is open worldwide so you win you can just order from fun again and again they've been a fantastic sponsor and this was so nice of them to give this to us but tony if you want a chance to win this, how can you win it? One of the ways you can do this is become or be a member of the BGG Guild that we have over at Board Game Geek. We are so close to a thousand members. Hopefully, by the time this episode hits, that we will be at a thousand members. But either way, if you are a member of the BGG Guild for rolling dice and taking names, you are in there. Marty, what is there? An, is there another way? There sure is, because it's like a contest between our Facebook likes and our BGG Guild membership. And right now, the Facebook likes are a little bit ahead. So guess what? If you chat with us and talk with us and follow on Facebook, every person who has liked our Rolling Dice and Taking Names Facebook page will also be entered in the contest. And if you're not already a member, just go over there and give a like, and then you're automatically in. And yes, if you are a member of both the BGG Guild and the Facebook page, you will have two entries into the contest. From those, we are going to randomly draw a name and that person will be awarded a $100 gift certificate to fun again games. Yeah. I said gift card, gift certificate. You're going to get a code. You're going to put it in on their side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not going to be like a really physical thing. We're going to give you, Hey, if you type in this number, you'll have a hundred dollars credited your, to your account. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's how it goes. Now I do want to bring up that with Gen Con done, which we're also going to talk. Well, okay. You're going to talk about on this show because I didn't go. But anyway, I did Gen Can't. But anyway, Gen Con's done. Fun Again is known for going over to Essen and bringing games back with them. That's correct. And if you want to get one of those early games from Essen, they will do that. And as Tony said, with Gen Con done, there's a lot of games that were kind of early releases at Gen Con that aren't available yet. So you can still get those on pre-order. And you'll find that Fun Again has some pretty good deals on pre-orders. They're always cheaper than after they come in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing how that works. So guys, 
good luck in this contest. I mean, so if you do some quick math, which we can't do here on Rolling Dice and Taking Names, that's a thousand members at BGG, roughly thousand members on Facebook. Add them together, that's two thousand. So statistically, you have what is it, a one in two thousand chance? If you're a member of both, you have a one in one thousand chance. Well, there you go. So we can do a little bit of math. And by the way, the deadline for this contest will be. September 6th, which is two weeks from the date this episode dropped. I better put that down so I can make sure that we get this in there so we know that, oh yeah, we, we were pulling names on September 6th. You know, and that is the day after Labor Day, isn't it? It is. Is there a point we're going to make with that? Well, yeah, a lot of people go on final vacations. So don't forget about it. Go out there and do it now, people. <laughs> It's it's simple. It's two button presses, right? It's a like on Facebook. It's a subscribe on BGG. And hopefully, I mean, you're you're giving people only two weeks to do this. So that's not going to get a lot of time. So uh, hopefully you've listened to RDTN within the first week. And statistics say, and based on our feeds, most of you do. Thank you so much for doing that too. We have such an exciting uh, 100th episode. And for that, we wanted to do something really, really big. It was one of those that, Tony, we've been talking about for a couple months. Can we pull this off? And thanks to some incredible people who were able to donate their time, we are going to have our first ever game show on this show. Yes, the first Rolling Dice and Taking Names game show here. I cannot wait to hear it. All right, let's bring everybody in and let's do this. It's the RDTN Match Game! Panelists try to match answers to questions asked to the contestants in order to help them win fabulous prizes. And Tony, we have some great guests on today's show. Oh, it is a star-studded cast. I cannot believe we were able to pull all these people together for just one show, Marty. And you know what it took? It only took us a hundred shows to get them here. Holy cow. Yep, but they're here now, and we're ready to get started. And first, we're going to introduce our panelists. All right, joining us all the way from the West Coast. It has been stated that Twitter has a dedicated server just for this young lady. This lady gives a kick to Kickstarter promos. Suzanne Sheldon, welcome to the show. Woohoo! Glad to be here, guys. In addition, we wanted to go international with our panel and get one of the biggest names in board game media, a person who is very well-respected and liked among all gamers. However, Richard Hamm was busy, so we got Rodney oh. Smith from Watch It Played. You had to stab me in the back, didn't you, Marty? Very nice. I'm still glad to be here. For now. Well, it's always tough to follow Rodney, as we all know. Joining us now, this panelist is part of the Blue Crew from the Blue Peg Pink Peg Show. We all think he's blue because he is male, but that isn't what we were told earlier tonight. Welcome, Rob Rouse. Thank you. Thank you, Tony and Marty. And you can't have a blue peg without a pink peg, which is why we're thrilled to have the only person that can control Rob's mouth, Christina. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Jury's still out on that. But we couldn't let the West Coast go represented by only one. So we have another panelist, no stranger to rolling dice and taking names, the king of the quick quips, the protagonist of Pikachu, whose head is always, well, let's just say it's in the clouds, Jazz Marler. I'm starting to suspect that this isn't the weekly Alaboom meetup. <laughs> I, might, I might be in the wrong 
right, wrong browser window here. It's good to be here. Final panelist is from one of the biggest board game podcasts on the internet. The man whose love of champions of Midgard equals that of the love of May from Overwatch, the secret cabal's Jamie Keggy. Hey now, Marty and Tony, thanks so much for having us. Congratulations on your 100th episode. Well, thank you, sir. And we really do appreciate all you guys taking the time to be panelists on our Rolling Dice and Taking Name match game. But... It's not a game show without contestants. So our first contestant, you know him from his awesome videos. He looks not only good in color, but in black and white. If anyone can explain a point salad, it's none other than Joel Eady. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. And also congratulations for me, uh, uh, Marty and Tony, on your 100th episode. Thank you. And finally, our contest- the next contestant has a YouTube channel that features his friends playing through board games, followed by their post-game thoughts. From Board Game Replay, the man who likes his hot pockets in bed, Matt Evans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thanks so much for having me, guys, and congratulations. Uh, very excited for the show. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Matt. And if you would, just go ahead and put that hot pocket down so we can get ready for your answer. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. So for those of you who have never seen Match Game, either you weren't born in the 70s, nor are you staying up past 10 o'clock on NBC now, which is out there, or seen the Dice Tower attempt at this, I'm going to go quickly over the rules. First off, it's real simple. Marty and I are going to read a question based on a selection from our contestants. In that question, there will be a spot for them to insert an answer. Then the panelists, it is up to them to try to match that answer. But first, the panelists will record their answers before the contestant gives his. Marty, any other special rules we need to know? For every answer that is correct, you will get a point, and the person with the most point at the end of the game wins. And for every matching answer, RDTN is going to donate $5 to the Extra Life campaign. Wow, very cool. Let's go! Yippee! So don't worry if the questions are overly hard to avoid any matches. We're okay with that here at Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Our budget is fairly small, but but that's okay. But one other special one is during match game, normally when you match the contestant, you do not have to answer again. Not in Rolling Dice and Taking Names. You get to play all night long. This is not like Werewolf where you want to be eliminated from the game like myself. You actually have to play on every question. Any questions, panelists? Let's do this. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Christina, for actually playing her own. Right. Holy cow. <laughs> okay, so backstage, we decided who was going to go first by Joel and Matt playing a quick game of Twilight Struggle. Joel won. Joel, which question would you like to have first? Question A or question B? Let's do question A. Question A, here it is. When Christina wants her dice to have a good roll, she blanks them. When Christina wants her dice to have a good roll, she blanks them. Our panelists are now quickly thinking, quickly is the key operative word here, coming up with an answer for our contestants. We'll go back to Joel for his answer here shortly. Rodney, how's the Indiegogo campaign going for you? Oh, thanks for asking, Tony. It's going really good. We just today, at the time of this recording, we just met our initial primary funding goal. So thanks to everyone who supported that which was really great. And uh, now we have some stretch goals to unlock and we'll see how things go. About 20 plus days to go left in the campaign. And who was it that pushed you over the top? Uh, is this why this was brought up? <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I was, I was watching the campaign. It was going today. And my wife calls down and goes, uh, Marty, just put you over the top. I was like, it, what was the last name? She goes, Canal. 
like, oh no. <laughs> I, Marty, I'm, I, listen, just to be clear, this does not give you any kind of authority over the show now. It was a lot of people <laughs> who contributed. Just because you came in at the last minute to try to steal the glory, don't think I'm not Okay, time's up. It's time for everybody to share their answers. <laughs> All right, yeah, I think everybody has locked in their answer. So, Joel, before everybody shows their answer, once again, when Christina wants her dice to have a good roll, she blanks them. I will say blows on. <laughs> Sums it up. Why are you all laughing? Let's go down the line and see if everybody matches. First up, Rodney. I thought this was going to be simple. Uh, my grandfather back in the day, he was a professional dice polisher. So I thought polishing was going to be the answer. Oh, I am sorry. That is not a match. Next, Suze. All right. In... For excellent radio, I wrote my answer down. I'm going to hold it up here. She clearly Ooh. blows oh. yeah. on them. Blowing all night long. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that came out wrong. Chaz. Well, like Suzanne, I also took the time and extra effort to write down my answer. And uh, like Suzanne, she blows on them. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, yes. Rob. Oh, I want to change my answer. (laughs) I um, live with this woman day in and day out. Uh, She handles me like she handles the dice. She threatens them with fire. (laughs) Can I change my answer to blow? I am sorry. That answer is locked in. That is not a match. Christina, what do you do to uh, help your dice? Please say blows. <laughs> um, actually, what I do is I make a wish to ensure that I have a good roll. I'm sorry, but unless unless you're blowing a wish, it's, it's not the same. Thing. But it is adorable. <laughs> it's pretty precious. <laughs> That's so precious. And finally, Jamie. Well, I was talking to Rob, and I heard that she licks them. <laughs> <laughs> As well as the dice bag. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for this this question, we have two matches. Two matches. Tony, next question. Matt, are you ready for your question, sir? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. At Origins this year, after the secret cabal meetup, people heard Jamie exclaim, I am so drunk, I think I blinked Chris. We're waiting for everybody to lock in their answers. Joel, tell us, what kind of reviews do you have in the hopper there? What can we expect from you next? Oh, wow. That's a good question. That's why we're on a game show. Well, I haven't played it yet, but I'm excited to play and hopefully review Star Trek Ascendancy, which just came out of Gen Con from Gale Force 9. That, that one, I think that I'm most excited about that one for sure. When you get done with it, by all means, I'll send you my address and you can send it my way. All right. Just uh-huh. want to let you know. All right. I think all our answers are locked in. I do believe I'm seeing lights on all the panelists' buttons. Matt, can you please tell us, complete this sentence. At Origins this year, after the Secret Cabal meetup, people heard Jamie exclaim, I am so drunk, I think I blanked Chris. Punched Chris, perhaps? <laughs> I mean, I, I know Chris was being pretty annoying a couple of times when he came into the room drunk, so I'm not really sure what happened on some of those nights. I understand. So the answer is punch. So once again, Rodney, what's your answer, sir? Well, they're they're pretty close couple, that uh, Jamie and Chris. And uh, I think you might have crossed the line. I was there. I saw it. Uh, so I know this is the right answer. He groped Chris. Yeah, he was involved the whole time. <laughs> Wait now, don't include me in this. <laughs> there was a gentle groping. 
Ooh, so close, but no. Suze. Jamie is clearly a man of passion, and he's not afraid to show his affection to his friends, especially somebody as close as uh, as Chris is to him. So clearly he... Well, oh, wait. I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, the wrong. That was my last answer. That was my last answer. Clearly, he kissed him. Well, that didn't happen. That, let's set the record straight. That That's wrong. <laughs> that happened in Chintai. Oh, All right. Sorry. My apologies. Chaz, what would be your answer? So far, we have no matches, so we're counting on you, buddy. Well, keep counting, um, because... <laughs> <laughs> While I did match someone, it wasn't it wasn't Matt, and uh, I put I put kissed. But since it's a family show, uh, I put no tongue. So <laughs> keep, keep things keep things clean and on the up and up. Wow! So we have no matches so far. Oh, we're batting zero here. I was giving Jamie the benefit of the doubt with that kiss thing. I didn't pick kissed. <laughs> Rob, what do you have, sir? Well, knowing Jamie and Chris as long as I have, I I know that they are there for each other. When one gets stressed, the other one steps in and helps them out. So I think that uh, Jamie gently massaged Chris. (laughs) Oh. Just a lot of light man-on-man touching. I understand. I mean, the Secret Cabal is a stressful event. We all know that. So that's an excellent answer. Christina. So I'm also going to go with Rob's theme on the light touching, but in a more friendly way. So I think Jamie tickled Chris. (laughs) (laughs) There was a point when Rodney and Chris and I were having a tickle fight in our underwear (laughs) after the meetup. But we I remember that, Rob. That, that wasn't that yeah, fun. Fly on that wall. Oh, it was so fun. <laughs> that was after the pillow fight, right? Yeah, the pillow fight. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Jamie, please tell us, at Origins, people heard you say, I am so drunk, I think I... Well, see, the thing is, when Chris gets really drunk, and when I get really drunk, we're yelling for each other, and we can never get each other's attention, because there's so much noise going on. So I, oh so gently, poked him. <laughs> <laughs> Poked punch judges. That's a match. Oh yeah. Uh, I call shenanigans. A poke is like a gentle <laughs> grope. Come on. Well, a light, a light punch. It depends point. on where you poke, Rod. <laughs> Good point, Jamie. <laughs> so after the end of the first round, it is Joel with two matches. Matt with one. Will Matt be able to come back or will Joel pull ahead? We'll find out when we come back right after these messages from our sponsors. I don't know if you guys know this, but Broken Token has gone out and created an insert for code names. So if you were like Marty and really thought about picking up Codenames Pictures and then you've got normal Codenames and who knows where this series is going to go, your insert from the Broken Token will be able to take all of that and put it into one box so you can have an incredible amount of party time with that big hit Codename. So be sure to go check out their newest insert as well as all their collector series, all their bit boxes, everything. Broken Token is constantly adding something to help you make your setup of games easier. That's at thebrokentoken.com. 
we're back at RTD and Match Game where it's Matt's turn to decide which question he wants. Matt, do you want question A or question B? Let's do question B. Question B. In a recent video, it is rumored that bubbles were coming out of Chaz's blank. In a recent video, it was rumored that bubbles were coming out of Chaz's blank. While well, the panelists are writing down their answers, Suze, are you still enjoying your Kickstarter previews? Are you still enjoying doing that? Of course. It's it's awesome. There's um, Every week, there's something new to uh, explore in the deep, dark world of crowdfunding for board games. And... Um, I have seen some things I never would have thought I'd seen, so uh, it's quite the adventure. Oh, you must have gone to the Secret Cabal meetup, too. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right, it looks like everybody's answers are now locked in. Let's go back over here to our contestant, Matt. Matt, what did you say? In a recent video, it was rumored that bubbles were coming out of Chaz's what? I have not seen this rumored video. (laughs) I I don't think. So I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and go with ears. Ooh. Ears. Ears. Okay, well, let's see if anybody matches. Let's go up to the top of the panelist over here, to my left over here, Rodney. What is, what is, what kind of, what kind of where, where are the bubbles coming out of? I can't even talk. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy, where were bubbles coming out of? <laughs> Marty, I'll do my best to answer you as eloquently as you asked. Uh, obviously, obviously, it could not have come from his mouth because that would, there'd be no rumor there. Uh, but the other place that air can come from, uh, using the scientific approach, I would say it has to have been his buttocks. <laughs> his buttocks. That is not a match with his ears. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even though some people say that Chaz may have, Never mind. Okay, next. Suze. All right. Well, I've seen a lot of things come out of Chaz, but when it comes to bubbles, clearly they come out of his ears. Ears. That is a match for Matt. You and me, Matt. Yeah. All right. Chaz, where be bubbles coming from? Well, I I, I will have to admit that this question does kind of help prove that, yes, I probably am full of hot air. But um, since this was about me, I, I had to go with what I thought would be the obvious answer that everyone would come up with. And that was completely dignified location. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. The judges say that is not a match as your ears are not a completely dignified location. (laughs) Rob. Well, um, the hotel security camera saw this. Bubbles came out of his hotel room. Now, she is a delightful lady. (laughs) (laughs) We lost Jamie. (laughs) Jamie's done. <laughs> Rob, you killed Jamie. While she, while she may be delightful, <laughs> that is not a match. I am sorry, Christina. Um, well, I'm gonna bring us back to the the sane side of things, and I'm gonna say that Chaz had bubbles coming out of his milkshake because he was blowing his bubbles. Now, I want a milkshake from Steak and Shake. Chaz's milkshake definitely does bring all the girls to the yard. Jamie, now that you've got yourself back under control over here, where be bubbles coming from? Well, see, I did see this particular video and I was very confused by it, but I saw them coming from his pants. (laughs) 
Okay, unfortunately, that is yet not a match. But, Matt, you have tied up the score. It is now 2-2 two to two as we go on to the next question. Joel, by process of elimination, you obviously get question A. So, are you ready, sir? I am. Being Bonacord isn't so bad. It is when he blanks you that it gets uncomfortable. Once again, being Bonacord isn't so bad. It is when he blanks you that it gets uncomfortable. So, Pegs, how's life treating y'all? Uh, life is uh, treating us Fabulous. Uh, we just got back from Gen Con, got a huge haul. We are uh, setting up for some awesome reviews here in the future, and our Patreon is rocking it out. So we have a lot of uh, great listeners, and we're very appreciative. So life is uh, doing well here in Pegland. Hey, Christina, did anything just dumbfound you at uh, Gen Con? I was Gen Cant, so yeah. But I was at, um, I was playing a lot of roller derby, so it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, we, we noticed the little boo-boo. Did Rob kiss it yeah. for you? Oh, that's the wrong finger. <laughs> All right, I think our panelists have locked in their answers. Joel, finish this sentence. Being Bonacord isn't so bad. It is when he blanks you that it gets uncomfortable. Uh, I will say uh, gently rubs like the small of your bicep. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm not sure that answers are long enough, Joel. Do you want to think about it some more? Well, this a gently, gently rubs, gently rubs. <laughs> I'll take any of those. So let's go back to our panelist, Rodney. What do you say, Bonacore makes you feel uncomfortable? Uh, <laughs> well, this isn't quite a match, but it's when he when he gives you a hug and he just holds on that few seconds a little too long. <laughs> hey, when he when he holds you too long, so judges, may, what do you maybe say? Maybe he just does that to me. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're going, oh, I'm sorry. That's not a match. The judges just, I just couldn't see it. Suze. Well, I've, I've gotten to spend a lot of time with Mr. Bonacor, and he is a gentleman and a scholar. But I have to admit, there was one really awkward moment that I had with him, and that was when he... Asked me to throw a game of diamonds to soothe Marty and Tony's ego. Telling tales. It was uncomfortable when, when that happened, but uh, we've moved past it. We've moved past it, and, and we're still good friends, so it's, it's, it's okay. But you didn't follow his advice. Uh, no, she didn't. She completely decimated us, and I thought we moved past that, Suze, but obviously Way to go, uh, we haven't. That's okay. Never forget. Never forget. Chaz, how about you? Before I read my answer, does Mr. Bonacore listen to this show? No. He, 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 you know what? Just just in case he does, um, I'm going to go with answer number two. Um, okay. And, and I admit, I, I panicked. Uh, I panicked a little bit here. But I put, when he inevitably casts you in Kabuki theater. That's <laughs> <laughs> You know, the Kabuki theater I've that seen oddly specific. <laughs> nine times out of ten involves lightly rubbing your right bicep. So I, oh. I, so I think the judges should consider. Uh, okay. Well, the judges consider that and they don't know what the heck Kabuki theater is. So we're moving right along. <laughs> Rob, what do you have? Please have a match, Rob. I'm a little bit jealous that I haven't gotten my bicep uh, gently rubbed. Uh, I went with 
kisses. The man has got pictures all over the internet with his lips on various people. I, I feel like that that's, that's, a, that's just too much for me. It's a lot of kissing going on when you're hanging out with Bonacord. Do any of our panelists want to explain to Rob what a Bonacord is? Rob, that's when he kisses you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's literally put a name to him kissing you. Oh. <laughs> now I just feel dirty and used. I don't feel special. <laughs> Christina, do you have an answer for us, please? So I don't understand why everyone's so upset with being Bonacord or anything else he wants to do to you, actually. Um, but if you do get uncomfortable, it may be when he gooses you. <laughs> gooses you. Gently rubs gooses. That's a match. Yes. Yeah. Biceps can be goosed. <laughs> That's right. So that he has matched you. Jamie, what do you have for us? Well, we're, this is definitely a match because I, for one, have been in business with Mr. Stephen Bonacore for quite some time now. And I know that it is very uncomfortable when he gives you a ride in the back of his Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Sometimes Bubbles is back there. <laughs> Is that before or after the gentle rubbing? There's like one come before the other? Uh, the simultaneous is what it is. Oh, dear. Oh, my heavens. Well, after that round, we've got Joel with three and Matt with two. So what can we say? we got to go one more round. And before we do that, let's check in with those sponsors again. One of the hottest games at Gen Con was Cry Havoc. And there's a reason for that. Because it's a really, really good game. We've had a chance to play it. Well, no, no, we no. Like we it. didn't get a chance to play this. You got a chance to play it with Ignacy? Oh, that's true. I did get to play it. But you got to play it recently. Didn't include me in this. But that's okay. Let's get back to the point. Because it was hand. your movie night. It was your typical movie night. Okay, fine. So Cry Havoc's a great game. If you haven't heard about it, Marty, tell the people where, where they can get it. You're interrupting me. Sorry. Are you done now? Yes. Cry Havoc is a fantastic game. If you don't believe us, go check out all the positive reviews. Some people have been saying it might be their game of the year. The street date for this game is going to be September 28th. So you need to start looking for it or maybe pre-order it from your online stores and ask for it at your local game stores. That's Cry Havoc, September 28th from portalgames.pl. All right, and now for our final question, and please hold your applause. Excellent. Thank you, guys. You actually listened to me. What a crew. Oh, my heavens. Joel, so which one do you want, A or B? I feel like I got good luck with A. Let's stick with A. Oh, num all right. Let's pull the slot. Number A. Number A. Number A. <laughs> it's not number B. It's number A. It's letter A. It's alpha. All right. So anyway, Joel. Panelists, pay attention. <laughs> Rolling dice and taking names was not the first attempt at a podcast name for Marty and Tony. They tried for the love of blank. So, Chaz, while everybody's recording their answers, how's things going for you over there in the clouds? Oh, light and fluffy as usual, uh, I guess. Uh, see, see what I did there? I, I tied it into your question. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm so very lonely over here. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great. I mean, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm going to write my answer now. Okay, you work on your answer. Matt, what do you got planned for the next Stoles video segment? Probably Mansions of Madness. That, that's got like all of our attention Ooh, right yeah, now. baby. It's like my dream game. I love it. Oh, wait. There was the final ding. I see Chaz's buzzer lit up over there. So, Joel, complete this sentence for us. Rolling dice and taking names was not the first attempt for a podcast name. Marty and Tony tried for the love of blank. Man, this was a tough one. Gosh, I apologize already, but for the love of meeples. Oh, oh. What? <laughs> what? No, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not have given you a more softball pitch if I had tried. I must be. I think I'm not feeling well. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that why? Joel, do you not want extra life to have money? Yes, not. Do you not want to support the kids? It's it's for the children, Joel. For the sake of the kids, Joel, you got to try that again. <laughs> Well, it's a great answer because like every podcast out there is now Meeple, Meeple, Meeple. So I think it's a pretty good answer. Okay, that's fine. We'll go with Meeple's and we'll see how lenient the judges are for the children. So Rodney, what do you have for us? Oh, I was so close. I said, for the love of wooden people. Oh, so close. (laughs) What I said was, I was going to say, for the love of games. Simple. I was just trying to get a match. I haven't got one match, so I thought this would be it. Wait a minute. Games? Do games have meeples? Yes, the judges agree. Yes! Yay! (laughs) This is not rigged at all. Yes! I better get a meatball question like this. Oh, you will. (laughs) All right, Suze, what do you have for me? Yeah, I, you know, I, I thought about for the love of Pete and for the love of God, and then clearly I just went, you know, from 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 God to games. There we go, right? Suze. That's the only direction you go. So so uh, for the love of games was my answer. Oh, judges have already ruled. That's another <laughs> win. Way to go for the kids. kids, Chaz. I'm gonna be taking money right out of those kids' mouths. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Money out of their mouths. I, I actually was there. I heard that pilot episode, um, and it was I, you guys had a great shtick going. It was for the love of pips, and you even had like the tagline "pip pip cheerio." You did the whole thing with the faux <laughs> British accent. Yeah. Oh, pip pip for the love of pips. Yeah. Pip pip cheerio. Chaz, that wasn't our show. Oh, <laughs> well then, never Awkward. mind. <laughs> Oh, that was a good try, but uh, the judges have been lenient, but Pips, uh, mm, we, they, they said that was back at, at Watch It Played. Or How that, dare was you? That pep? Anyway, <laughs> I know. So, so, Rob, what do you have for us? Well, I was trying to brown those to my podcasting brothers in the South. I went for the love of squirrels. I like that. I like that one. Squirrels. Are there any squirrel meeples? Judges? Okay, so I'm hearing no. So, all right, Christina, what do you have? Um, I had the same thought process as Joel did. Hey-oh! Oh, my God. Oh, what? I know. Whoa! This is like a true match. This is like real money yeah. here. There's nothing wrong with your Jill. You're not sick. She, she actually wrote down meeples for those who can't see us. Yes. Meeple. That would be all of them, Marty. <laughs> Jamie, what do you have? Well, I, you guys were going to do a different kind of show before, is from what I understand. <laughs> so I heard that you were, you, for the love of <laughs> <laughs> That's a really interesting answer. 
Okay, Marty, I'm speechless on that one. <laughs> we had thought about it, but we, we weren't smart enough. <laughs> we had to go a different route. Moon pies and squirrels. <laughs> okay, here's our, here's our score, because that is not a match. I'm sorry. Right now, the score is now six to two. So, Matt, you've got some catching up to do. Are you ready? All right. Yeah. Here we go. The final question of the game. This is it. This is for all the marbles. <clears throat> Before coming up with the video catchphrase, thanks for watching, Rodney used friends, beaver tails, and blank make good times. <laughs> Before even, coming up with the video catchphrase, thanks for watching, Rodney used friends, beaver tails, and blank make good times. <laughs> no one was supposed to know that. So Rodney. I don't even understand the question. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, Jamie. I don't either. <laughs> well, Rodney, this is this is right there along your head. Can you not explain to our other panelists what beaver tails are? Yeah. It's, this is it's, a PG show, right? <laughs> yes, this is a Dice Tower show. Beaver tails are uh, like a, a Canadian snack. I don't know if they're all over Canada or not. Well, Aren't what, they like a fried donut? Yeah, it's like a big, like a big fried, like flat donut. It kind of looks like a beaver tail, you might even say, which I think is where they camp with the name. Is that like a bear claw in America? Like nobody know, nobody here listening knows what this is. <laughs> is this like an elephant ear? We got elephant ears here in Pennsylvania. Oh, do you? Yeah. It's all the dough that hits the floor. Okay, so does everybody have their answer locked in? No! I didn't even start yet. <laughs> <laughs> People are trying to figure out what a beaver tail is. It's like a pastry, basically. It's a baked pastry. I think it's like a bear claw. You ever had a bear claw, Rodney? Yes, I have. It's not the same thing? It's, it's actually a donut. company. It's a company called Beaver Tail. And they have different stands that sell this product. It's like a fried dough pastry, basically. Okay, I think all the answers are now locked in. So here we go. Matt, before coming up with this catchphrase, thanks for watching, Rodney was going to close his show with, Friends, Beaver Tails, and blank make good times. I think I know the obvious answer to this one. Should I go with the obvious answer? I mean, I don't know how much of these wiseacres, what they chose. It's all about the kids, Matt. I think it's probably video games, right? Video games. Video games? <laughs> Board games. Board games. games. <laughs> okay. Like, what? Why do you hate kids so much? All right. <laughs> Why do you hate the children, Matt? <laughs> I'm going with the obvious answer for the so kids. So board games. Board games. All right. Rodney, yes. what, was your, what was your catchphrase before? Friends, beaver tails, and what make good times? I love alliteration. I, I, I don't think the friends was in there, but uh, I'll, let you, I'll let that slide. But it was definitely board games. Board so that's a match. games. There's a match. Woo! Nice. Right. Suze. Oh, dear. Well, I... <laughs> Come on, Suze. This is a, this is a softball. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I, I'm not a sports person. Oh, dear. I, I went with the whole animal anatomy thing. And uh, so I was... Uh, Friends, beaver tails, and uh, bear claws. <laughs> Friends, oh. beaver tails, and bear, bear claws, claws well, was my it's, answer. It's that confectionery treat you had to go along with it, but unfortunately, that is not a board game. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I tried. Chaz. <clears throat> I know he was really into board game components. I was a little more specific. He, he wanted the biggest, best components you know like tokens and pawns or in the case of his catchphrase a massive chit <laughs> <laughs> oh that was a runner-up 
was definitely a Here's the thing. Yes. A chit is a part of a board game, and that is a match. Woo! There you go. <laughs> Rob. Friends, Beaver Tales. Okay. I went uh, with Friends, Beaver Tales, and... Mounties. While very Canadian, it was not his catchphrase. I'm sorry that is. Ah! Oh, but Mounties are like my favorite thing, man. That should be a match. <laughs> <laughs> For the kids. Christina. So I went with the theme of food and drink. And so it's obvious that if you have beaver tails, you also need some bourbon to have a good. <laughs> Ooh, <that's> a, <laughs> Cheers to that. That's a good answer. <laughs> I like the way you're thinking, Christina. Yes. <laughs> and then maybe some board games. Bourbon and board games. Well, you know, with Jamie, it's got like beer mongers or his beer board games, and, and Ronnie could be a little more sophisticated. There you go. All right, Jamie, what do you think? Friends, beaver tails, and what? I went with a combo of Canada and board games with maple meeples. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> maple meeples, meeples are part of a board game. That is a match. Woo! There you go. <laughs> Oh, my heavens, Marty. I think I'm going to need some Advil after all of this. <laughs> going to need some Advil after editing this thing. <laughs> Tony, what's the final score? Well, Matt scored five with that almost epic comeback, but Joel outdisses him with six. So Joel is our winner. So what does Matt have? And the winners are going to receive, Joel, you win a year's supply of rice roni the San Francisco <laughs> treat, plus Maxwell House coffee, good to the last drop, a case of moon pies and RC cola, because it's a southern thing, a year's supply of Jiffy Pop popcorn, fun to make, fun to eat, total wax for that hard shell finish, and a hat from the Vassal Collection, complete with a stained brim, <laughs> lifetime membership to Bing's Fun Accord, and each and every one of you will receive the home copy of the RDTN match game. Back to you, Tony. Oh, thank you, Marty Pardo. Wow. I, I cannot believe for our 100th episode, we were able to pull together such celebrities, and we want to thank each and every one of them for their time for being on the show. Guys, would you do me a favor as I call out your name, tell our home viewing audience where they might be able to catch your act or not. It's up to you. I don't care. It's your call. If you're too worried about your brand. You want me to list all the places you can't find me? <laughs> or don't sing anything, Rodney. I don't care. It's your call, man. This is up to you, man. This is the last episode, right? That's why I'm here. I, this is the closing out episode, yes? Yes, it is. So, Rodney, <laughs> where can people almost find you? All right. People can find me at uh, youtube.com slash watchitplayed, on Twitter, at watchitplayed. And I will say, if you do enjoy the show and you'd like to help support it, you can do so by going to our Indiegogo. Just do a Google search for Indiegogo. Watch it play season six if you'd like to support the show. Yeah, and be sure cause to put season six because it does no good for season five. No, you're right. <laughs> All right, okay. Suze, can people find you anywhere? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why they'd want to, but if they uh, are so inclined, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at 425Suzanne. I tweet a lot, so uh, feel free to use that mute button. And uh, you can watch my segments on the Dice Towers YouTube channel. I do a segment on Board Game Breakfast as well as the Board Game Blender Show. Oh, and don't forget that awesome Instagram account that you – that's how I follow you so I can – 
I'm 425Suzanne on Instagram, too. There we go. Chaz, where can people see you? People can find me regularly on Rolling... Wait, where am I? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It's starting to feel like it feels like me. Instead, instead, (laughs) don't go there. Uh, Never go there. Uh, You can find me on the YouTube channel uh, Pair of Dice Paradise. And um, I'm also, um, this year, a uh, regular contributor on the Dice Towers channel. And uh, there's actually an entire Chaz Marler playlist. Um, which currently has 60 videos on it um, on the Dice Tower channel. And um, I'm on deck to make 60 more before the end of the year. Woo-hoo. Oh, incredible. Look at that stamina in Chaz. He's, he's just a video guy. Christina, <laughs> Rob, how about y'all? Well, we do have a podcast, Blue Peg, Pink Peg. We also uh, have a Twitter at... Uh... Blue Peg, Pink Peg is our Twitter. Right. You can also catch me at Loud Blue Peg. Um, and we have a f- uh, website, bluepegpinkpeg.com. We're all over the place. Go ahead and plug your other people who are on the Blue Peg, Pink Peg, if you don't mind, because they did all that hard work to get y'all set up. Oh, tonight. yeah. Patrick Kelly, he's our other Blue Peg, and he can be found on Twitter at Blue Peg, Pink Peg. And uh, Jeremy is our Green Peg, and he's also on Twitter at Pyronor. It's his Twitter. Why doesn't he get credit in the name? In the blue peg, pink peg? Why is it blue peg, pink peg, green peg? <laughs> I will put in that suggestion, Marty. Like one fish, red fish, two fish, blue fish, or whatever it was. No, no, it sounds good. Sounds good. We're going to bring that oh, up. Oh, we're going to start Patreon. proposing suggestions for podcasts now? <laughs> Should we start right? <laughs> for the love of squirrels! <laughs> or for the love of moon pies. Oh my gosh, guys, it's softball. Anyway, Jamie, how about you? Well, you can find our bi-weekly podcast at thesecretcabal.com. We're also on iTunes. You can find us there. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at The Secret Cabal. Thank you. Joel. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I had a good time. And you can find me pretty much just go Google drive through Review or search drive through Review on YouTube, and you'll find me there. I'm also on Twitter as... E3K Mouse. Excellent. And Matt, besides in the frozen aisle near the Hot Pockets, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash boardgamereplay and on Twitter at at boardgamereplay. And as a final tally, tonight we raised $55 for Extra Life, so we'll be donating that. So thanks to everybody who contributed to that. Once again, thanks to everybody who came on the show. Thanks for being good sports, and I hope you had a good time. And for everybody else, join us next time in another 100 episodes when we hopefully maybe do this again for RDT and Match Games. Say bye, everybody. Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody. Congratulations. So I was very fortunate to be able to go to Gen Con this year. And Tony, I really hate you couldn't make it. Oh, face facts. You 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 were able to hobnob with everybody. And while meanwhile, I'm over here playing Gen Cant or at Gen Cant. But I did. And I saw where you got to play the ultimate game at the start of the convention, Strike. And so did I. Oh, I thought you was going to talk about the Brazilian steakhouse we got to go to. It's like, how much meat can you eat? No, I, as you know, we're, we're trying to watch our waistlines around here. You know, if you go to too many of these cons, dude, you, you're going to have to start running five miles. <laughs> Gen Con was a, a great time. And a lot of people were asking about you, Tony. It's like, where's that other guy? And I was like, the other guy's not here. And so I was like, oh, it was only like half of a show was there. But it's the best half.
So anyway, tell me about Gen Con. Tell me what were some of the things that just caught your eye? I mean, I've already seen Strike. You posted a ton of pictures over on Facebook, uh, like you're having a really good time, like sucking back a milkshake and, you know, irritating some people with that. What, what else did you get to do? Oh, my goodness. Well, let's just talk about some of the games that came out there. Two of the biggest games by far was Cry Havoc and Seafall. These were games that sold out before the show even opened at 10 a.m. on Thursday morning. And you people may be asking, how is it even possible to sell out before the doors even open? Tony, I'll tell you how. The VIGs have a one-hour early access to the show floor on Thursday morning before it's open to the general public. All those people knew that games like Seafall and Cry Havoc were going to be really hard to get. So they just walked their little tails right over there and picked them up. And then they sold out. Then I helped out at Portal Booth that Thursday morning. And Tony, there were a lot of upset people. And here's why. You remember when we promoted that pre-order for Cry Havoc for like a couple months and said, hey, you can pre-order at Portal and pick it up at Gen Con? You remember we talked about that? Oh, I was going to mention that again. Like, if you didn't get a copy, why didn't you pre-order? Well, tell me what went wrong. Well, here's the deal. So they got 300 copies in. And at the Portal Booth, there's 200 copies stacked on the floor just sitting there all nice and pretty. And then there's a hundred copies in front that could be purchased. Again, like I said, those went early. So as everybody walked over to the booth at 10 a.m. on Thursday morning, it's like, I'd like to buy one of those. And I'm like, sorry, you can't. You did not pre-order. And they were like, uh, I don't understand, but you have 200 of them. Yes, and those were the people who took time to pre-order. The pre-order system works and works really well. So yes, two-thirds of the games that were brought to Gen Con were already spoken for. So they didn't have a lot to sell just to the open public. So once again, so what we were touting, what we were saying, use Ignacy's pre-order you are going to get Cry Havoc, which, as you said, if you didn't say, you should have said the number one game at Gen Con. I don't know if it ended up being number one on the BGG list, but I know it was there like Saturday night. It, it kind of fluctuated. But the other big game was Seafall. Now, they did not do a pre-order pickup at Gen Con. But once again, there were like 130 copies of those, and those went really quick, too. So those were kind of the, the big ticket items that were out there that, that were in limited supply. But another big ticket item was Mansions of Madness, and Fantasy Flight was really well prepared as they had tons of those, and that was another hot game at the con. There's a lot of people really playing that. Well, I mean, it's the re-implementation. It's, what is it, the app that helps control everything? I mean, I can't wait to see that and play that because uh, somebody has that as well. Yes, I did. That was the first purchase I made at the show because I wasn't sure how many they had, and I got my copy. I've played it twice. We'll be talking about it in the future, but it is is really really good what's interesting is is when you go to gen con are these games that kind of nobody's kind of heard about but then they get all the buzz this year there were two that really stuck out one is vast have you heard about this tony i knew nothing about this vast is a game for up to five players that has total asymmetric powers total asymmetric powers where each person kind of has to read their own rules for the role that they're going to play and it's a fantasy thing and the idea is that there's this cave there's a knight that wants to go into the cave and slay the dragon. So there's a person that plays at the knight. There's a person that plays as the dragon who wants to wake up and escape and not be killed by the knight. Uh, there is the thief who's walking around trying to steal stuff. And then there's also the goblins, which has a totally different play than the others. But the really unique one, Tony, is somebody gets to play as the cave. And the whole purpose of the cave is to cave in on everybody else. Well, that sounds kind of sick, but it sounds fun. What was really cool is being in the press, you get to do a couple things that uh, a lot of other people might not get to do. Two of them were press events. One was the Asmodee press event where I got to go check out Martin Wallace's new game, Hit Zeroed, 
where Z stands for zombies. And that's a really cool uh, looking game. The art is really cool where the idea it's uh, post-apocalyptic. And the, the cards that you use are like scraps of other cards that are in other Asmodee games. Okay. So they incorporate some cards and art from some other games and, and use them in this one, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, that's, that's a really cool game that people might want to check out. Hit Zero. The one that really stuck out to me was one called Ennis, I-N-I-S. And this is a, a Celtic theme game where it's an area control game, but there's a card drafting mechanic. And this is where I thought of you, Tony. Imagine Seven Wonders, but imagine this. You know in Seven uh, Wonders uh, where you draw a card and keep it and then pass? Yeah. In this game, you do the same thing, except you can pass the card you just kept if you want to. So the first time you uh, you draw, uh, keep one card from your hand, then you pass. Then you draw, keep two cards, then you keep three cards. But each time, the ones that you keep, you don't have to keep in future rounds. Okay. So what that does is that allows you to change your strategy based on the cards that you get from the person beside of you. All right. That sounds kind of interesting. So with that strategy being constantly shifted, well, I'm trying to think through this. How, and you know, you, you know, the game's fixing the end in Seven Wonders. So how the same thing here, you got three cards down, your card hands get drawing smaller, but you can always pick up. Do people know you're picking up from your previous ones you've taken? No, what you just do is whatever ones you've taken, you take their cards and you fan the cards out and you oh. look at them together so they don't know. I mean, that to me sounds like the AP would be just ridiculous. It really wasn't too bad because what would happen is, let's say I'll keep that first card and go, ooh, I think I'm going to do this strategy. Well, if the cards that were passed to me don't fit that, maybe I see two other cards in there. It's like, wait a minute, these two kind of work together. I'll keep these two this time and pass the one that I kept before. It's just a really kind of unique twist on the card director mechanic and then throw in the area control. Really cool little game that I need to get to the table that you and I need to look at. So that's I-N-I-S. I think it's Ennis, and that's from Asmodee Games also. Another really cool press event I got to go to was the Cool Mini or Not. Oh, I am sorry. It is now CMON. They have officially changed their name. They got a whole new logo if you haven't seen it. CMON had a press event where they were showing off things like Eric Lang's new game, Rising Sun. All we got to see were the models. But they showed off several games in there, and there's two that really stuck out to me. One is a deduction game that, Tony, I think you may like. No way. I'm sorry. The reason why is because there's a very tactical feel to it. It's called Raise Your Goblets. Okay. Every person gets a plastic goblet and then these beads, and these beads are three colors. Red, which represents wine, black, which is poison, and white, which is an anecdote. The cups are seated with each of one of the beads. And on your turn, you can look and see what's inside your cup. You can take your supply of, uh, it's like three wine, two anecdotes, and two poison, and drop into somebody else's cup. You can swap cups, like uh, swap between you and somebody else. And the whole goal of the game is to try to kill somebody. Now, that person that you're going to kill is random. At the beginning of the round, they'll say, you need to try to kill this person. And what you do is at the end of the round, when somebody has gotten managed to get rid of all their uh, red tokens or their wine tokens, then you resolve. Everybody picks up their goblet and, and pours them out. And if you, have, uh, if you have any black tokens, you're poison. You're dead. If you have black tokens that equal your white tokens, anecdote, yay, you're good. The person who has the most red tokens, the most wine who didn't die gets a point. And if you kill the person you're supposed to, they get a point. And you play through several rounds. I know it sounds kind of simple, but it is really, really cool because everybody just has their goblets in front of them. And the idea, and you kind of have to lean across the table and drop a bead into the goblet. And it makes that little clunky sound and somebody's going, oh, did he just poison me? And then you have to sit on your turn, do I want to look, look at my cup and, or not see what he did? Or maybe just switch with somebody else. Really cool little game coming from CMON, Raise Your Goblets. Well, let me ask you this. 
is this poison? It's a deadly powder. Is it odorless, tasteless? Does it dissolve instantly in liquid? And is it one of the deadliest poisons known to man? Just so you'll know, people were quoting that whole scene, <laughs> that whole skit, the entire time we oh, played. Oh, you have to. You have to. You cannot do that. Because it's exactly, you are, you are playing that skit. Because it's basically, you're swatch, swapping goblets, and then you're doing, did I just poison myself? Did I poison you? <laughs> it's the whole thing. That's what it is, Tony. It's that entire skit and Princess Bride in a board game. I, I'm in. I'm, that's it. I'm done. That's it. Okay, <laughs> we finally found the game that's going to be, because I love that movie. I watch it all the time. I know it's sad, but oh, it's just <laughs> land. What is it? A land war in Asia? Uh, anyway, <laughs> so that, that sounds yeah. awesome. Like, like I said, that, that's one of the uh, skits I don't have very mel- well memorized. I wish I did. I, if it was a Monty Python, I would have had it, but but uh, but I didn't. So those were two really cool press event uh, press events I got to go to. There's a lot of other stuff going on. The Dice Tower Live Show was fun to be a part of. I got to be a part of their game show this time. And Tony, they had over thousands people in that room you know that is just inconceivable oh we're going to be doing this the rest of the episode i'm okay with that <laughs> a thousand people good gosh that's that's yeah. amazing so it's this huge 1200 seat room and there's like a staging room before people can go in where they make a line almost like a disney like a ride or something like that so at the very beginning uh before i was to go backstage and kind of get ready for my thing tom said hey would you mind handing out raffle tickets yeah sure no problem so i go out there and i start these raffle tickets are the one you know you, you roll off and they're perforated and uh, you know you have to keep one for yourself and then hand them one right none of these were pre-ripped or anything so i had to do it myself so i'm like handing them out and then all of a sudden you know another 10 people came in then 20 then 30 all of a sudden there's hundreds of people in that room tony and i can't give these out fast enough then they open the doors tony and people start rushing in and i can't get the tickets to them because they're running in thankfully patrick from blue peg pink peg stepped in and helped me i am outside in the holding area where they work ripping tickets as fast as i can he's taking the tickets into the hall and having to pass them down row by row so that everybody gets a ticket i told tom i said he really needs to find a better way to do that next year but it was fun because then i got to talk to a lot of people as they were coming through it's like hey i like your show enjoy talking to you do you have any moon pies and i was totally out and everything but it was fun interacting with the crowd and then got to do the game show so that was a really fun experience and what amazes me about that is the fact that they were competing against the fantasy flight report yes yes they were now that wasn't planned it just kind of worked out that way so tom had jason over at the ffg in flight report texting back the news from there. And to be honest with you, there wasn't a lot of news. Fantasy Flight had released so much information that really only new thing was the Rune Wars miniatures that were announced Mm -hmm. at the end, which is kind of a big subject in itself that we might have to tackle sometime because one thing that was oddly missing was there were those games workshop themed games. So everybody's kind of scratching their chin going, hmm, "Hmm, I wonder what that means. I'm glad that they had the turnout that they did because, you know, back in 2012, when I went, no, 13, when I went to Gen Con, and I went to the Dice Tower show, there was like mm, maybe 300 people in the room. I mean, that was a great show. Tom was incredibly pleased. So that should just go to show 300. And then in three years, we're talking a thousand plus. Wow. And it's the largest room they have. They can't go to any larger room. So that's very good to, for Tom. He did a great job organizing. It's, it was one of his better shows. It was very streamlined, uh, very entertaining show. You know, when you go to Gen Con, you get to play all these different games, but some of those games aren't even going to be coming out there. They're kind of like previews. Mm-hmm. Three of them really stuck to mind. Now, Tony, you and I have already played one. Remember Adrenaline? Oh, yeah. Oh. 
That was back. That was another hot game. Patrick and uh, Rob got to go play it. I was wanting to go play it with them, but the timing didn't work out right. And they contacted me later and said, yeah, yeah, that's a good game. So uh, that, that's a really uh, neat game. The other one that, Tony, you and I are interested in that we're getting ready to pre-order is the Ar- Arkham Horror LCG, which I got to demo. And oh my gosh, mechanically, it is a really, really, really good game. Yeah, thanks. Here goes another one. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, but I will say this, <laughs> Solo. No, yes. I, would, I would not, not order this had it not been for the Solo mode. That's the only thing that's making me want this. Well, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings. You can do Solo there too. But that's, but that's my point. I mean, you know, we've got Ashes that we're going to continue down the path of. The LCGs, you know, at least here with Arkham, it's like Lord of the Rings. I can go do solo. I don't have to go to the game store. Yeah. I don't have to find you. Because when you and I get together, it we, we're playing the board games. We're, the card games are, kind of, that's kind of sad. Card games are becoming fillers. Well, I, I really do want to play, we, we talked about playing more Lord of the Rings, and, and we like it because it's co-op. This is kind of an evolution of Lord of the Rings, where they uh, more recently added in kind of like a campaign mode in Lord of the Rings. This is built with a campaign mode in mind. Uh, the idea is you're controlling one investigator and you have in your deck his items mm-hmm. uh, that you can use and maybe an ally too, maybe like a dog or something that can help you out. Uh, but what happens is if you finish a scenario, you get victory points or XP and those can be spent to add additional items to your deck for a future part of the campaign. So you're playing through a story. So they've really integrated that part tightly. Sure, you can just play a scenario by yourself and be done with it or be part of a larger campaign. That's what I hope that we can get together and do. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I am. I'm glad we're going to get the pre-order in because it is hot. You're seeing it go not able to be pre-ordered over at the various online sites. So guys, if you're interested in this, if you see the pre-order, I would suggest you jump on this or at least tell your store that you have a big interest in this game because it's getting buzz everywhere so hopefully you know it'll continue to um it won't disappoint when she arrives now this last game is one that's going to be coming out soon that i'm excited about tony you know capstone games the ones that brought arkham arkham see i'm so excited about arkham i can't even talk right arkwright over from europe earlier this year yeah, the one that I'm still waiting to play, but, you know, once again, here we go. It's a really good game. I highly recommend it. I bet you do. So anyway, what did they bring that I may get to play? So there's this new trilogy of games based on coal mining. But the problem is, Tony, it's a German name, and I can't pronounce it. If I try, I'm going to butcher it. So I'm going to bring in my son, Travis, who has taken one year of German to say this for us. So the game I'm excited about is called Hoshbrookknecht. And it is a game that's based on the history of coal mining. And what's so cool about it is that since it's a trilogy of games, what's going to happen is over the course of the games, they're going to kind of get more complex as it goes. This first game, and this is what drew me in, and, and Clay from uh, Capstone Games just, just got me all excited about it. It's that it only plays in 60 to 90 minutes, but it's a game with a lot of decisions. I love Euro games, kind of meaty-ish Euro games that play in a short amount of time. And this really seems to fill that niche. And the demo was really cool. He's got pre-orders going on right now. So it's going to be coming out pretty soon. If you're interested, go check it out. And again, that is Hushbowl Connect. Well, okay. So you know what industry I'm in. I'm in electricity, which is now called Energy because we're rebranding it, that you don't use electricity, use energy. But that's another, that's a, another thing altogether. But so let me understand this. Isn't there going to be, is it, that's interesting, especially with the need that everybody wants to get away from fossil fuels and how this will play out. I mean, you know, 
Kurtman, you know, he was about going whaling and got the backlash from that. This is going to be interesting. I don't see how this plays out. Well, this is the story of early coal mining. It's not coal mining now. Uh, well, I understand that, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the the this is the early story of whaling and well, we can't talk about that. Well, this is the <laughs> early story of coal mining and that brought us electricity and brought us the Industrial Revolution. And I'm not getting on a soapbox here. I'm just saying I'm, this will be interesting to see how this pans out. If it gets any backlash in this, this theme at all, I'll be totally surprised. This is different. This is an inanimate object that we're talking about as opposed to a living mammal. All right. So I understand your point from that standpoint, but you know, in today's PC world, who knows what's going to happen. But anyway, it's just a game I'm excited about. Okay. I didn't know we was going to have to go on some sort of diatribe. Is that the right word? I think it is. Or better yet, why don't you use what we're known for? A squirrel. (laughs) There you go. Those are the three games that were shown at Gen Con, but aren't coming out yet. And lastly, you know, the food, Tony. The food. Oh, so the first night we got to go to a Brazilian steakhouse. Got to have the meat sweat. But you know what? I might like the double six, the triple eights, the quadruple nines. <laughs> the hard eights. The hard eights. <laughs> the hard eight. I think I may actually like the hard eight a little bit more than the uh, the Brazilian steakhouse. But hey, that's just me. I just like the atmosphere of that. But the hard eight's not all you can eat. So, <laughs> But anyway, that was really good. But another one of the highlight. Oh. Beth over at Stronghold brought her baked goodies again, Tony. Mm. Mm. Oh my! Do you remember the chocolate dipped chocolate cake? Yeah, the little oh. the little cake balls that were. Oh yes. yeah! Oh mm. my goodness, so good. And when you were over at Stronghold, obviously you weren't there for the goodies. You were there for demoing. Weren't you? Yeah, sure. No, I did actually demo one morning. I did, went over there and helped out Steven demo for an hour and, and demo Craft Wagon version six, uh, which adds a as a couple new tiles and, and uh, mechanics to it. Uh, I still really like that game. Got to teach it to a couple people, which was a, which was a lot of fun. As I was sitting there eating on on goodies, and and yeah, I may have stopped by Stronghold every so often and and got my hand in those goodies. And obviously, since Ignacy's a big cookie fan, uh, he was a big fan of Beth too. I bet he And was. all the cookies Ignacy had. Everybody brings that boy cookies. It was just cookies every day. It was insane. So Gen Con uh, was a fabulous trip. But you know what's really cool is I got to talk to a lot of exciting people. Thanks to those who contributed to us at Pod Pledge and, and gave us some additional funds, we were able to get a really nice handheld recording system. And I was able to go around to talk to vendors and publishers and friends about that experience at Gen Con. So this is going to be like our Gen Con version of Flying Squirrels. But Tony, I must admit, I broke the two-minute rule Every so often, but this stuff was just so good. I couldn't keep it in two minutes. You think that'll be all right? I don't think anybody's going to care. They just want to hear what you experienced. All right, let's go check out the Gen Con flavored flying squirrels. One of the more interesting games I've had a chance to check out here is a game from Brain Games called Ice Cool. And I'm here with Liga, who just showed me the game. And Liga, would you just give us a little bit of overview of this game for somebody who may not have seen it? Well, the game Ice Cool, it stands out with two innovations. First, this is the flicking. It's a flicking game and flicking techniques. This is how you move the penguins around the school. And the second is this unique box-in-a-box setup. That, yeah, that's it. I mean, what's really cool is you have these series of rooms and halls and everything, and that's all included in the box, and you just uh, take them and put them together. And then there's entrance ways between uh, the rooms that you actually, what you said, you flick the piece 
is it a penguin? Is it, what, is it a Yes, this is the school of penguins actually. And one is the catcher penguins, the whole monitor who looks after others and all others are just penguin rascals who run around the school. Trying to collect fish, basically for victory points. Yes, the aim of the runners is to go through the doors with fish hanging from them and to grab the fish and the victory points, whereas the catcher, his aim is to catch all other penguins by touching them while flicking. Yeah, and, and I had just had a chance to try it, and it takes a lot of practice. I, I was able to kind of knock it straight, but the idea of doing a curve and bouncing it over walls, that takes a little practice. It takes a little practice, but actually even children can do that, and it's basically a children's game. So it needs practice, but it's also a little bit of luck. So you're saying I need to have like the, the dexterity of a child and not like an old guy who could be able to flick it around the board. Yes, you just need to enjoy the game, and then it will succeed your flicks. And this game won an award. It was the UK Games Expo Award for the best children's game this year, and you've had a lot of pre-orders, and you said, there's a lot of games I'm seeing back here, but you said probably most of these would be gone by the day, which is the first day. Yes, we, I think we will be sold out today even. Wow, it looks great. I can't wait to get it home and try it with the kids and, and have them try it out. And you've got a hit on your hands. Congratulations. Oh, when will this actually be in stores for everybody else to be able to buy? In U.S., it will be in the end of the August or September in stores. And All right, fantastic. And if they want to find out more about this game, where can they find you? Well, you can find it on Brain Games webpage. BrainGames.com? BrainGames.com, exactly. Fantastic. And that's IceCool from BrainGames.com. Thank you, Liga. Thank you. I'm with John Swinkles from Privateer Press, who we're at the end of the first day as the hall closes. And this is the first time I had a chance to talk to him because it has been insane over here with a lot of chaos going on. John, what has been the big draw of this first successful day that you've had? Uh, so mostly the limited edition Warcasters, those are exclusive to the show. Those are the upgraded forms of the Journeyman, so Alice and Jake's, so forth. Um, Bloody Buccaneer Scar, of course, and then the new editions of War Machine and Horns. Speaking of new editions, that is a more streamlined version, and it's been seen to be very popular. And a lot of people that listen to this show are board gamers and maybe have never tried miniature gaming. What's the appeal of the new edition that may make them try this new genre of game? So, really, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's a bit more streamlined. We got rid of some of the obtuse things that can be a little bit of a barrier to entry for people getting into wargaming, miniatures gaming in general. Pre-measuring is just a thing now that people can do, so there's less of that, like, having to do weaponized trigonometry to figure out what you can do. Um, we also made it a lot easier to get into the games. So War Machine and Hordes both now have these Battle Group starter boxes, have the complete rules in them, they're $10 cheaper than they used to be, and they come with everything you need to start playing right out of the box. We also color-coded all the plastic that the miniatures are made out of. So if painting is a thing that's still intimidating, it's going to take you a little bit to get into, you can still immediately tell your guys from your opponent's guys right from get-go. Of course, we still want people to play in tournaments and stuff with painted models, but there's a painting guide in there. It basically has everything in one box, which for miniatures gaming is kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal, and I don't want to gloss over that the uh, the colored uh, plastics because in the past it's been like resin color or, or um, a pewter, and you really couldn't tell the difference. Here, these almost look like miniatures that come out of a, just a regular board game box, and just like somebody who may go buy Blood Rage or something, you haven't got to paint them. They look better painted, but you can just get them out to the table and still play them just like that right out of the box. 
Well, exactly. And so, I mean, we noticed a lot of success with that with like the Undercity and uh, the upcoming expansion for that, Widower's Wood and so forth. And it just, it made sense to transition to that because once people paint them, they look just the same as any others that they'd paint. But prior to that, getting into the game, you're like, these are my guys. They're the red guys. I'm going to shoot the blue guys. It just makes it a lot easier for people that haven't necessarily experienced the minutia of a war game or miniatures game to more easily differentiate what's going on on the table. And speaking of Undercity, you guys don't just do miniatures. You also have the successful board game that came out last year, a successful Kickstarter uh, for the expansion for it. What else can we see from Privateer Press as it ventures into more of the board game style? Uh, so we wrapped up our Kickstarter for Widower's Wood, which is kind of the more wild side of things as far as that same system goes. So it'll be completely compatible with the Undercity. Um, and we are getting ready to start processing and taking people's shipping information for that here pretty soon. You have that. You also have a successful RPG, Iron Kingdoms, based on the uh, War Machine world. And it looks like here you've just introduced the Horde's uh, two-player battle boxes with the War Machine battle boxes, uh, not battle boxes, two-player starter uh, coming out with the War Machine coming out soon, which is yet another good way to get into this game because now you and a buddy can play right out of one box. Exactly. So if you don't already have someone that's into the game or kind of pestering you to get into it or you know that you found at your game store, this is a really good way to pick up one thing you and your buddy are ready to go right out of the box. It's going to walk you through how to play everything. You've got everything you need from dice, measuring instruments. You've got tokens, all that stuff, one box. Well, John, thanks so much. You still have three more days to go. I'm probably going to still see more chaos as more and more people come to this con. But thanks for coming in the show, and best of luck. And thanks for bridging that gap for us board gamers into miniature gaming. Absolutely. Thanks, Marty. I'm here with Tide Roland from AEG, and we just got talking through all the great games that he's coming out with at Gen Con, including a game that we've already covered, like Mystic Veil and Guildhall. But there's a lot of other stuff here, Todd, that uh, we want to talk about and share. Absolutely. We have a lot of new games and games that aren't even out in stores yet that we brought out here as a rush shipment so players could start spreading the word and uh, getting people excited about them. And what are those? Well, among them are the new Love Letter Premium, which is a new edition of Love Letter that takes the game up to eight players now. It includes oversized hard plastic cards with custom sleeves and new updated uh, tokens. Uh, so now you can have a much larger group playing Love Letter, yet the game still has that easy, quick-to-play feel. Along with that, we also have the Archer edition of Love Letter that just came out, Once You Go Blackmail, which introduces some new mechanics that deal with the removed card, the card you take out at the beginning of the game, which in this game it refers to as the Hidden Identity. Also from Seiji, we also have Eight Epics coming out shortly, which is a cooperative dice rolling game micro game style where you and your friends each are one hero who is trying to save the world from some cataclysmic event every round and you have to use your abilities in unison in the right way to defeat each one which is one of the more interesting things as long as at least one hero survives to the end of all the cataclysms you win awesome what else you got we also have the new release Fantasy, which will be out in October, but we did rush some here. It is sort of like Yahtzee meets Dungeon Crawl in a way. You have monsters attacking your village, and you have to draft heroes and roll the proper combinations of straights and, and matches in order to activate them and have them attack the monsters. Lastly, we have our big smash-up release, Cease and Desist, which everyone's been very excited for. We have it here. It's in stores any moment now if it's not already at your store. And it, of course, includes four factions that we totally did not base on any popular TV shows or movies. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us, Todd. Have a great rest of the show. All right. Thank you very much, Marty.
One of the toughest things to get used to at Gen Con is just being slap wore out. There is so much going on that you just lose track of time. In fact, I got up this morning, which was Friday morning, and thought it was Saturday. But Chaz, I mean, you're kind of experiencing the same thing, right? Oh, yeah. I also have the added bonus that I'm from the West Coast, so we're also three, I'm three hours behind everyone. So I wake up the equivalent of like 4 a.m. to go have breakfast, and my stomach and my body is like, what are you doing? This isn't right. What is it that wears us out? Is it just, is it the buzz that there's so much going on? What's going on? Well, I think it's a combination, because what, what I notice for myself is I'll be exhausted at the end of the day, and I'll go collapse in my room. At least I'll try to. I'll tuck myself in, I'll get my glass of water and, you know, my blankets, and I'll lay there awake, excited for tomorrow. You know, I can't wait till all the stuff, I'm going to go talk to these people, we got this event. So you're worn out, but at the same time, you can't wait for more, and it just keeps you up in anticipation. Well, that's funny, because last night I stayed up to 1.30 a.m. playing Cry Havoc, and that was like the most fun. I was full of energy, and then I went to bed and crashed, and it was getting up in the morning. That's what's tough for me now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the mornings, yeah, mornings are definitely difficult. But like, like I'll go to bed and I'll be awake sometimes till like 1, 2 a.m. before I finally go to sleep. You know, and then, then you're out. But uh, it's just it's amazing how your body tries to keep itself going during these periods. Why is Gen Con more energy draining than, say, like BGG Con or Origins, though? Uh, I, it might have something to do with the massive crush of people. Um, when the halls opened yesterday, uh, there was a VIG period, and where there was this like just trickle of people. And it's been a year since I've been here, so it's just enough time to forget what it's like. There was this trickle of VIG gamers, like, oh yeah, this is going to be nothing. Ten oh one, this almost literal wave of people come in through the doors and start coming through the aisles of surrounding our booth and we're like oh yeah that's gonna be that's right and today it took me almost 12 minutes just to get across the hall over to you and we're only halfway done yeah and it it feels like we've already been here five days one of the games i was most excited to demo was arkham horror lcg and that was the first game i got to demo this con Wow. Okay, first off, I know a lot of people are wondering, is this like Lord of the Rings LCG, which is also a co-op? It looks like some of the same mechanics where you have locations you're trying to explore. I first thought that too. I can see where they're, they're not even really cousins, maybe distant cousins where you see some of the same uh, names of things like uh, investigating and trying to research and get tokens onto locations to move on to other locations, but thematically it just works better. This intro scenario we did, basically we started uh, inside of a parlor and we had to uh, search for clues to get out of the parlor which took us into the hallway. And this is where the locations got really interesting because once you came out in the hallway there are three other cards that came on the table. And the hallway had three icons on them that showed the other locations they could go to. For example, there was a, it was saying you could go to a square, a triangle, and a circle. And each one of those was represented on another card, like a cellar, uh, a, an attic, and, and one other place. I can't remember what it was. And the idea is you can move from the hall to any one of those locations. But once you're in those locations, you can only ma- move back to the hall. So that is really different than the than the Lord of the Rings LCG, which is just like, hey, I'm going to pick a location, I'm going to go to it, we're going to try to put quest tokens on it and get by it. Now, other things you try to do is you're actually trying to find clues and trying to progress through the story. Thematically, the story is really cool. The flavor text you really got to read because it really pulls you into the story of, okay, I'm inside this room, something weird's going on in this house, and I need to investigate this cellar and the attic and see what's going on. 
the decks are really a lot different than Lord of the Rings because you don't have a lot of allies or anything. It's mainly you and your assets like uh, weapons and uh, toolkits or bandages uh, that you can put into play to help you out. Now, you do have some body that you can bring to help you along, like allies. Like my guy had like a guard dog he could bring in to help out, which could help soak up some damage. But mainly it's all about building your deck. And also when you're done, you take any cards that you had explored through that uh, game that gives you like XP and you take that XP and spend it on additional cards to put into your deck. So that's where the campaign mechanic comes into play where your deck is changing over time. And again, that's kind of like Path the Pathfinder ACG game, uh, but it's definitely not really associated with like Lord of the Rings. I know they've introduced some of like the campaign mode, but that was kind of tacked on where the campaign mode is integral a part of this game. I will be buying this first day it comes out. I'm really excited. The art is cool. The mechanics seem straightforward for it and it is not a Lord of the Rings LCG twin. I am here with Dominique McDowell from Cubicle 7 who is going to be producing the RPG that Tony and I have been so excited about that's going to be coming out this fall, which is Adventures in the Middle Earth, which is based on the D&D 5 edition. Dominique, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to be here. So, Dominique, my first question is, you've been producing The One Ring, which is a very successful RPG, but you're going to be bringing a new system into the Middle Earth. So my question is, with already a successful system of The One Ring, why adopt the, uh, the 5e edition? Well, I think there's a lot of people who play role-playing games who are you know, big fans of the, um, the 5e um, system and um, don't necessarily want to have, get their heads around you know, a whole new way of, of playing the game, a whole new rule set. And um, absolutely, I mean, you know, time is in short supply these days. We, we've produced such great setting and content material for the, uh, for the One Ring uh, that it just seemed, you know, that, that uh, we should bring that to as wide an audience as possible. So the idea is maybe to lower the barrier that if people are already familiar with the system, they'll maybe come and try out this new system. It's just in a different world. Yep, that's right. Yep. So the um, the One Ring is you know, a bespoke uh, Middle Earth role playing game that we've uh, designed from the ground up, um, and the design goal for the OGL Middle Earth game is um, to bring over that that one flavour and you know the real feel of the books that we put into the One Ring, um, all that great content. Um, and then uh, to provide a, a game that's recognizably um, 5e OGL um, compatible that everybody you know, knows and loves. Um, so yeah, hopefully we've achieved that task. Did you manage to bring in any elements from the One Ring into this new edition? Yes, we did. There's um, Again, we, we've tried to make sure that what we're bringing in is um, easy to get your head around, you know, a very sort of yeah, easy and logical editions, um, so that you know, it's still recognizably the game that everybody loves. Um, we brought over some some more journeys um, things. I mean, I think one of the one of the features that people are going to really like is the corruption system. So rather than having an alignment, um, your character gets shadow points for doing bad things, seeing bad things, um, going through corrupted places, and it just sort of tracks the um, yeah the, the the corruption of the shadow weighing down on them as they as they adventure. Um, so yeah, you can have some interesting Boromir-like experiences. <laughs> and uh, let's see. So the pre-order is up right now. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. We've got um, there's two options. Uh, there's the um, the initial products that we, we're uh, putting out are a player's guide and a law master's guide. Um, the um, and you've got, you've got the option to order just the player's guide or player's guide and law master's guide. And when will those be out? Uh, we anticipate the PDF release to be in September. And um, there's still a couple of moving parts, but autumn release for the, um, uh, the Player's Guide hard copy and the Lawmaster's Guide won't be too far behind. 
Okay, great. So can you order that as a bundle or just uh, one at a time? Um, you can order just the player's guide or the bundle. And beyond that, do you have plans for other books in the future? Absolutely, yes. We've got a huge range of plans for, uh, well, for, for The One Ring and for Adventures in Middle-Earth. Uh, so uh, for Adventures in Middle-Earth, we'll be converting um, the content for The One Ring. Um, so yeah, there's a lot there waiting to go. We are so excited. We cannot wait to get this game to the table. So Tony and I are ready to start getting into this world with the system that we're familiar with. We're excited about this, Dominique. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm excited to be talking to John Clare, who is the designer of Mystic Veil, the card crafting system that everybody is a buzz about. Thanks for coming on the show, John. You bet. Everybody is talking about Mystic Veil and about this new mechanic that's out there, about this, this card crafting system. A lot of people have played it. Just out of curiosity, where did you get the idea for it? Yeah, so it's interesting. So a lot of people hone in on the transparent cards as you know, the core cool innovation in the game, but that's been done before in games like Gloom, right? Where the idea actually originated was with the notion of using tr card sleeves as a meaningful component in a game. That idea occurred to me and I was like, okay, no game that I'm aware of has ever actually used card sleeves as an essential item in a game. It's always just, you know, to protect your cards, right? Um, and then from there, my, my mind went next, okay, so what would a game look like if card, card sleeves were actually need it to play the game. That idea went through several attempts at prototypes and iterations and ended up in a game called Edge of Darkness. And at some point along the line, it didn't even start with using transparent cards. It wasn't until maybe the third prototype where I actually combined transparent cards with card sleeves to create what now resembles the card crafting system, right? Edge of Darkness came first. I pitched that actually first to AEG. They liked it. They bought it. They were fully planning on releasing that one first. Um, and then once I sold it to them, I went back to the drawing table to start thinking about other ideas that could use a similar system. I wanted to come up with a lighter game than Edge of Darkness, a more, uh, a more gateway level type of game. I figured just a pure engine building card that felt familiar, like a familiar deck builder, would be a great place to go with that. Uh, and out of that came Mystic Veil. That's awesome. And, and obviously, everybody who's played it goes, oh, you know, this is really good. But those who are really experienced gamers go, oh, yeah, sure. but we, we see there could be more to this. Oh, yeah. The, 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 he the heavy gamer, right, in all of us is like, where could this go, right? And my, I mean, every time I stop and think about game design, four more ideas for games come into my mind that could use the card crafting the concept, right? And so Edge of Darkness is going to take what you see in Mystic Vale and add it into a bigger, deeper game with a lot of player interaction, a richer theme. So if, if the concept excites you, but you want a, a, a meatier game, Edge of Darkness may find a good spot with you. And before we get to Edge of Darkness, I hear there's a couple expansions on the way from Mystic Vale. That is right. So uh, the first few expansions are going to add just a whole bunch more card variety. The first one is card variety, expect more combos, more abilities, etc. to mix in with the base game. Second expansion is actually going to add a couple new actual mechanics to the game. Simple ones that aren't going to radically change how the game is played, but uh, will introduce more variety and on top of just more card variety. Don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about the third expansion, but expect a higher player count um, with a not lengthened game time. So we have a mechanic in there that's going to allow you to play with more players, same amount of turns, same amount of gameplay, but the game itself won't actually take any longer. Awesome, and, and all that's going to eventually lead up to Edge of Darkness release, hopefully sometime late next year? 
Right, so I've heard a number of things. AG isn't 100% sure when it's coming out. It may be Gen Con next year, but don't hold me to it. Uh, so it'll be released in the midst of Mystic Vale, you know, expansion 2 and 3 coming out probably. Fantastic. Well, it's a really cool system. We're glad you came up with it. And it's exciting to hear that you're already thinking of other ideas to use it in and can't see where you can't wait to see where you go with it. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks a bunch. Yeah, Mysticville and Edge of Darkness aren't going to be the only ones. There's, there's a whole bunch on the drawing board right now that I'm working on. So, Fantastic. Thanks for coming on, John. Yeah, thanks a bunch. I'm excited to have with me the designer of the Valley King series, Tom Cleaver. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Tom, i got a question for you. Where did the idea of Valley of the Kings come from? Many years ago, I went to Egypt with my family. We saw the Valley of the Kings and Karnak and, and Abu Simbel and all those wonderful places that were thousands and thousands of years old. I also watched an awful lot of mummy movies in my past. And all that came together with the uh, Valley of the Kings in about 2010. It took me about three years to design, and finally I got AEG to agree to publish it. That's exciting. And here at the, this show, the third in the series of the Valley of the, King, Valley of the Kings, Last Rites is out, which is a standalone expansion like the second one, correct? That's right, Marty. These were all standalone games, but they can be mixed and matched in many interesting ways. Now, it says Last Rites on the box. Does that mean this is the last we're going to see of Valley of the Kings? You have some other ideas for it. I have more ideas, and there may be more to come, but I'm not free to say. That, that is a very good answer because I understand you can't really talk about these things until they're ready to come out. But I'm glad to hear that Valley of the Kings may not be over. Yes, I don't think it's over, and the, uh, all the franchise is selling very well. I believe they're into their fourth printing of the first edition. Wow, that's very exciting. Congratulations on that. Now, outside of the Valley of the Kings, you have any other stuff that you're going to be working on in the future? Well, I am working on other games, of course. Uh, I'm working on a, uh, a game of tank combat in a, in a race situation where you can fire at the other players and drop mines and so forth. Uh, I'm just having pictures now of, of uh, Atari 2600, the, the combat game with the old tanks in there. But a racing tank game where you can, like, destroy other tanks. I like the sound of that. Well, thank you very much. I hope it's a, I hope it's a hit. Well, that's something we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on. Now, I know you got a big group of people back here that's been demoing your game. You're probably showing off last rights like crazy. A lot of people excited about it? Yeah, I have so many people come by and say, hey, I love your game. I just love to hear that. Yeah, that's great. And then you actually get to sit down and show them how to play it, which is very exciting for those people who actually get to play with the designer. I hope it's exciting for them. It's also exciting for me. I just love being here. That's great. Well, look, I'll let you get back to it. Thank you, Tom, for coming on the show. And we're going to uh, hopefully uh, see some more successful games from you in the future. Oh, thanks, Marty, for interviewing me. I just finished trying out a demo of the new game from Fantasy Flight, Star Wars Destiny, and I got to play with Rob from Blue Peg, Pink Peg. Now, this is one that was kind of higher on our radars. I always wanted to see if it's something we might be, might be worth getting into. So, Rob, what, what's your first post-game thoughts? Well, before I get into the game, I want to talk a little bit about playing the game with you, Marty. You were throwing the cards. I thought you were going to flip the table at one point. Well, yeah, because I had this sweet thing I was going to do, and then you just kind of like nullified it in all one move. And that's the cool part about this game. You get these cards, and you know you can go. You're rolling dice. You've got your your moves set up, and someone can counter your move. And there's there's counters upon counters, and there's I don't know. I'm really excited about this game. 
the thing about the Dice Masters is people are wondering, is this Dice Masters? It's not Dice Masters at, at all. all. Not at all. What it's like, it's almost like each side of the die has a certain action that you can take. And once you have your dice, one of the things steps you can do is resolve your dice. So if it's like a, doing melee damage, you could say, I'm going to take the dice of showing melee damage and melee attack or range attack. Or it could give you additional credits that you can use to spend on things. So it's like the dice is somewhat of action selection mechanic, but has a random element to it. So i got a quick question for you. If this was not the Star Wars theme, what would you think of the game? Would you be as excited? I'm not a big fan with a lot of randomness in it. Yeah. We only played two rounds. That's right. So I need to see is the randomness going to put it, leave a sour taste in my mouth because it, it kind of just did. I liked it. I got excited about the game from our play. Now, I need to see what some of the other cards are going to be. I need to see what these packs are going to be with this one die, with this collectible component to the game. I need to see what that's going to look like. But I am excited. I guess I'm just used to the Ashes, where they have a mechanic where I can change a die to any side. Now, I did have BB-8, and one of his special <laughs> abilities was to be able to change a, a die to any side or something like that. Or you can discard a card as one of your actions to re-roll dice, so that helps too. But that that is, again, dependent on the die you roll. You can change a die if you get a certain roll. Isn't that right for BB-8? Yeah, that, that, that was correct, too. And it looks like every die has just a flat-out miss. It does nothing. Yeah, I, I roll a lot of misses, but I still have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, so I think it's definitely not Dice Masters. There's a lot of things to choose from. It looks like a lot of different actions. Uh, some of them, like I said, there are icons for doing melee, icons for doing range. You can boost up your range attack and then activate special abilities on some dice. Yeah, that's right. The special abilities are cool because it's, it's dependent on who the character that you're bringing to the battle that you're at. Speaking of which, we both with the starter decks, we both brought in a couple characters. The goal is to kill off both of those characters, but during the course of the game, you can add attachments to the characters, upgrades to make them better over the course of time, and also those uh, upgrades and support items like BB-8 give you additional dice. And we also haven't mentioned anything about there's the battlefield that you're in, and that has some sort of mechanic in the game. Um, you're, you're getting resources. The game has got a lot to it. All right, so I'm starting to like the game better now that we've talked about it some more. It's definitely something I'm interested in. We did see the, the rarities. There are, there are commons, uncommons, rare, and legendary. When I see the word legendary, I get scared because I feel like, I think you counted them. There were like 10 legendaries. There are a lot, yeah. Out of 174 cards, which means that those are going to be the ones that are super expensive and hard to get, and that kind of worries me. Yeah, and you were expressing something that made me, made me think about it a little bit. People are going to go crazy trying to get every card, these legendaries. Are they going to be super powerful? I don't know. Are they, They're going to be collectible because people love Star Wars. So I'm concerned about that as well. I don't know. The jury's still out, but I am enthusiastic about it. And one last thing, the, the dice. People were concerned about the dice because it looks like it was stickers on the die. They're not stickers. I don't know how they're imprinting the image on there, but they're, they're covered in some sort of uh, protective material, and they had some pretty good heft to the dice. Yeah, they were bulky dice, and that was my concern, too. When I first saw the ads for it, I'm like, are those stickers on the dice? But they're not. So rest assured that they're, they're solid dice, um, and I, you know, I felt like they rolled fine, you know, and, and they felt good in your hand. So don't worry about the dice. So it comes out in November. So I'm, what I'm hearing you say is you're going to be buying the uh, starter set. Yeah, that, I am, and probably a big case of the expansions. Yeah, and it's one of those things. If I can get people to play with me, I'm interested enough to do it. Uh, there's probably some people in my local uh, group and local store that will probably be playing the game. So I will drop some initial dollars just to see what it's like and see where it goes. Because well, this gives me a reason to come down to North Carolina to play you at it. 
Well, there you go. Because if, if Patrick or, or Christina won't play you with you at, uh, or Jeremy won't play back at your home state, you can come down and play with us. Yeah, that's the problem with these LCGs or games like this is that my significant other will not play them with me that often. So I have to find people to play them with me. So, yeah, I'm coming on down to Charlotte, and we're going to have to play this. And you can just tell Christina when she comes, we'll get her some more barbecue. Oh, God, she loved that barbecue down there. I'm kind of jealous. Nobody brought me a plate. Well, that was on her, not us. <laughs> no, that's true. I'll remember that in the future. All right, thanks, Rob. Thank you, Marty. Marty, it sounds like you had an incredible time at Gen Con. It's a rat race. It's tiring. It seems like once it's over, I didn't get anything done. But that's that's Gen Con. So anyway, I do have something I want to point out to you. We've been receiving some Kickstarters in the mail. We'll talk about those in future shows. And there's one that's, that's a guy was willing. It's called Dracula Feast, Marty. And it's a social deduction game. And I challenged him. I said, are you sure you want to send this to me? He said, sure. <laughs> I said, are you doubly sure? And sure enough, he sent it to me. I cannot wait to let you give this a try. This, this will be f- interesting. So, um, we'll really? talk What about makes that. it different than any other social deduction game? Let's just say you and I will probably never see it because one of the things that requires, well, you might, you might really enjoy this, especially after seeing some of your shake test. You have to dance. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. That's only if the men have hats or don't have nice. hats. Nice. Very well done, sir. Thank you. So anyway, that's one of the things that I'm just like, I cannot wait to share this with you. That'll be fun. Now, I will say this about our good buddy, Ignasi, that the best thing about Snapchat is when somebody puts you down, it's only there for 24 hours. What up with that the other day? Did you see that? Well, yeah, because I got kicked out of the Snapchat because you logged in to see it. But I mean, (laughs) I didn't. All right. I guess we should fill people in. Ignacy tweeted the other day. He said, I may or may not be doing a Snapchat later and complaining about the guys at Rolling Dice and taking names. And he wasn't really complaining. He was just pointing out that it was obvious that if we, Marty and I, could beat First Martian, the scenario which you heard us talk about previously, that it's too easy. It was obviously too easy that if we could do it, then, oh my gosh, the normal gamer is not going to have any problems at all. That's what I took away. Well, no, that's exactly what I took away. And I heard this several times at Gen Con. Chevy Dodd equals said, oh man, you guys just really messed up Ignacy. He, it's, you just really threw him for a loop. Why can't it just be that you and I just synced up really well and just played a really good game? And why must they go back to the drawing board and try to figure out what we did wrong? Probably because, A, they know us, and B, they're right. But anyway, enough about about that. But, Ignacy, thank you for sponsoring us again. Yes, Ignacy has agreed to sponsor our show for another year, and it means a lot to us just because Ignacy's become a really good friend, personal friend of ours. Uh, We like to talk to Ignacy offline and just talk and keep updated with everything that's going on and, and it really means the world to us and and again as before i know people may like oh well you guys only like cry havoc because they're your sponsor uh we do have an agreement with ignacy that you know if we don't care for a game we're going to be honest and he wants that and there's been games in the past tony that have come out from portal that 
we were very honest with, I felt. Yeah, I, we really have been. And either way, I mean, thank you, Ignacy, for, for coming through for another year. We really do appreciate it. And we look forward to because, I mean, it's not only a benefit for the show, but it's also a benefit to our listeners because, you know, hey, he sometimes throws us a bone. And we really do appreciate that. And then, of course, um, fun again. Um, they've, they're sponsoring the show once again, one more year for fun again. So that's, that's incredible. That's another good relationship that we have too with Nick and the guys over fun again games. Uh, they really do have, they're really working hard, uh, to try to get, uh, your business. They're trying to be very competitive with their prices and provide things like the membership opportunities to, to draw prices even lower. And it's true. The more you spend there, the stuff is cheaper is going to get over time especially with the pre-orders like right now the pre-order for like arkham horror lcg is cheaper than it is at cool stuff inc he, they are such a good guy marty you know what else what what else just for our listeners and only the ones we're not going to mention this anywhere else but here near the end of the show so if you have survived to this point we're going to throw you another bone marty let's give another hundred dollars away Wait a minute, you want to give another, we're already giving $100 away to people on Facebook and BGG. You want to give away another $100? I do, and it's a good thing Nick's there to back us or we wouldn't be. (laughs) But anyway, so that's right, guys. Fun again. Say, you know what, guys? You've done so, it's been a great year. Board gaming is exploding. Let's get more and more people into this hobby. So guys, for those of you who have listened, what we want you to do is... Send us an email, and in the subject line, subject line, you know, it's right below that two line. It's the subject <laughs> and, line. And what goes in the two line, by the way? Rolling dice, taking names. No, that names. is wrong. No. Oh, my gosh. It's roll, roll dice. dice take names at gmail.com. Say, say that again. Roll dice, take names at gmail.com. There's no ampersand. There's no and. It's roll dice, take names at gmail.com. Put the 100 in the subject line. The number 100. 100. That's it. You're done. And the reason why we're doing it this way is we're not promoting this contest anywhere else. We're not going to mention it on social media. We're not going to mention it in any, in any of, the, of the guilds or anything like that. This is just for the people who are now listening to this show for another chance to win $100. Because to be honest with you, we are at 100 episodes because of you. Because of your encouragement, because of the kind words that we get, because of the way you make us feel like a part of the community, and we just want to give back. So again, you now have two ways to enter. One that we're going to promote and everybody's going to know about, and one for you all that are just listening right now. To you all, or to all y'all, the correct Southern pronunciation is those that stuck it out to the end. To all y'all for hanging with us to the end of this show, thank you so much. We Really do appreciate it. And matter of fact, Marty, we had another contest that ended recently, and that was for the Scott King calendars and also for the Tyrants of the Underdark, correct? That's correct. We're still waiting on contact from our winner of the Tyrants of the Underdark, right? Yeah. If you if you enter Tyrants of the Underdark, check your email and make sure there's not a, been we've been spam filtered or something because we have not heard from them, but we have heard back from the two people that won the game calendars. Our first winner is Jerry Reese, a longtime listener to the show. Jerry, congratulations on winning the Scott King basic calendar. That's awesome, dude. And this year, I don't know if the pack is playing the Hokies, but by gosh, watch out, buddy. We're coming for you. Are we really? Have you looked at our team this year? Yeah, but still, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to um, 
pull off a win up there. I don't know if we can. No, I don't think we can. Who's the other winner? Michael Cathro. Michael, congratulations. He was also a lucky winner of the Scott King calendar. And then we can't thank enough to our good buddy, Scott King, for donating these calendars. Scott King's pictures are just so cool. I, I enjoy them. They're, they're, they're great. Yeah, they are, which is why I enjoy my uh, calendar. I like getting the digital versions and putting them on the desktop of my computer. So, Scott, thank you again. Congratulations to the winners. Uh, if we don't hear from the Tyrants of the Underdark winner soon, we'll draw another name for that. Uh, we got the two contests going on for the $100 gift certificates or gift number uh, to Fun Again Games. We also have our $50 uh, giveaway from the Dice, sponsored by the Dice Tower to Cool Stuff, Inc., and we just, again, 100 episodes. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for all the stuff that you do to us, the feedback you give us, the wonderful reviews you give us on iTunes. Like uh, Mac Thatcher gave a wonderful, wonderful review to us that really meant uh, a lot to us. Thank you so much for that. And, hey, we always we always like the, the feedback and everything on the show. And, and, Tony, we really couldn't have done this show without all those wonderful people early on who came on and uh, worked us into their schedules to come on the game show. Oh, I know that was, that was great. And thanks to all of our guests who have been on the show in previous episodes, we hope to continue to bring them on. And if anything, bribe them somehow, trick them into coming on thinking that they were coming on for another reason and we'll bring them on, but don't worry, plenty more shows to come. I mean, we've got Marty and I've got to talk about some privateer press back into the war machine. We've got other games that we've really need to get on the table talk about i can't wait to see mentions of madness well um i mean just a whole bunch of stuff that's coming yeah we're, we're planning out our fall calendar and we've got a lot of thematic shows don't want to spoil them in case we screw up but we have some shows that are really based on a type of theme of game uh, that we're looking forward to going over and uh, playing so you will have those coming up and the fall is always fun because you got bgg that you can talk about you got the halloween uh, season which i'm sure that's where the mansions of madness would really work well to talk about at that time uh, again thank you so much for all those who who got got us here tony all those who were guests on the show but you know early on we had a lot of people that helped us out uh like uh shows like uh onboard games and geek all stars and not just another gaming podcast and uh, cardboard jungle all those guys early on i reached out to them and said how do you guys do this and they all helped out and they were so nice uh, we couldn't have got here without a lot of those people helping us out early on and supporting us and promoting us here. And I just can't believe a uh, hundred episodes, man. I know. And I'm serious. We're going, I, I won't see 300. We, we got another six and a half years. <laughs> and the reason why he says that is because uh, the older we get, the less responsibilities we're having to have with other things like, I don't know, like work and kids. And so it's actually opening up more free time to be able to do this, which is really cool. And as long as our teeth stay well, we'll be able to talk. Not that we talk well now, but you know, you, you don't get what I mean. You know, the dentures won't be flying out, hitting the mic or anything like that. I mean, that's just the way it is. By the way, Marty, I've already planned 2017 gaming conventions. You have? It's done. Is it one? Actually, um, there is going to be one. That's the, um, I, I will be going to the Rocky Mountain Gaming Ventures. We'll talk more about that. And then I'm hoping to squeeze in um, a couple of days at Gen Con as well. Thank and then, you. Thank you, because I need 
I know. And then I'm also, then of course we've got our local conventions. We were going to have mega moose con hopefully in 2017 still upcoming. We've got mace here in the Charlotte area. We'll be doing that. Speaking of which it's unfortunately conflicting with the gamers for cures with the geek all stars. I mean, the hobby is incredible. The, the time commitment is, is awesome because it's sitting down at the table with your friends, neighbors, whoever, and just enjoying the board games. It's a great time to be in the hobby. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And again, the biggest enjoyment for me by far at Gen Con was just meeting and talking to people. Sure, you get to play these really cool games, but it's the ones that you're sitting across the table from that you get to play with. I got a chance to sit down from first time I played with Patrick and Rob from Blue Peg, Pink Peg, where we played Cry Havoc, who they'll be, uh, I believe, covering in an upcoming show. So you want to be listening for that. I got to play with Jamie and Rodney and Tony Topper. Who is the other Tony, Tony? I understand, the other Tony. <laughs> and uh, we got to play Cry Havoc. But not only that, I just got to sit down and, and, and talk to listeners and, and play some with them and just talk to them. I just like hearing their excitement and what games they're excited about. And thank you for all those who came up and wanted a squirrel badge and wore the little squirrel badge. And I gave away tons of moon pies, which I needed to, to make room in the suitcase for all the games I took back. You know what I can't believe? Analog Gamer the makers of the rolling dice taking name t-shirts with the squirrel. Oh man. He was caught off guard. Brandon uh, from analog gamer had a couple shirts to sell at the secret cabal meetup, which we forgot to mention an incredible, an incredible event. Tony about 400 people showed up to that thing. And thank you so much to Jamie for allowing us to have a prize pile. He asked us to uh, set aside or get some prizes that he that we could donate to give away in the big uh, prize package. And he did that. So we had a stack of games donated, thankfully, by uh, companies like Portal and uh, The Broken Token. They, they really helped us out there. So thank you to them. Thank you to Jamie for letting us do that. But while uh, there, uh, Brandon set up to sell some Secret Cabal t-shirts and had a couple of hours. And Tony, those things were pretty popular so much so that i and brandon regretted we should have printed up some more of these because they could have really sold well yeah hopefully he's he got the message and maybe he'll have some back in stock i know he's thinking about running another order so if you're interested by all means the squirrel seems to be the big shirt for us and thank you so much and maybe i can sit down with brandon knock heads around maybe maybe we'll have a 2017 design who knows who knows? I know the squirrel's still, still hot. So if you're very interested in that, make sure to go out to analoggamers.com and you can order that shirt plus many other shirts for a lot of other fine shows uh, on the Dice Tower Network from there too, such as Dice Tower and Flip the Table. Well, guys, 100, it's done. Keep rolling dice. And take Thanks for listening to our 100th episode. If you want to, you can follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names, like our Facebook page, or join our BGG Guild. And if you want to support the show, you can do so at podpledge.com. And if you like the show, please let us know on iTunes. <laughs> this is okay. so fun. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, <laughs> Could that have been a big shit show? Oh my god. Three. Hey Marty, we have our outtake. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, I'm gonna kill you for that comment. I don't even know where to go with that. Hey, figure out how to edit that out, buddy. 
Oh my god. Jules vaping. What a flipping hipster. <laughs> hey, it helped me quit, man. I didn't do it to be cool. Maybe because I'm an idiot and started smoking in high school. I'd do it to be cool. <laughs> After he says rolling dice, I'd like to put that at the very end of our show. Sure, we're yep. good at synchronized stuff. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Synchronize us up, Tony. And Ronnie, could you slur it just a little bit more? Shut up, man. <laughs> Shut up, man. Just lay from me. Shut up. Just lay from me, Tony. <laughs> I, I, I love you, man. And keep rolling dice. And taking names. Wow, that was atrocious. <laughs> let's, let's do that again. And keep rolling dice. And, and taking names. Taking names. Oh. And taking names. <laughs> names again. that you take. Someone take them. Take your names. I've got all the names. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. When are we Can supposed we do to do one more time? <laughs> right, Tony, one more listening. time. We got it. Can we have one more take, please, director? Okay. Welcome to the hundredth and last episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. <laughs> <laughs> Fun Again is now starting to put out weekly video updates on their YouTube channel where they're showing games that they're getting in each week, plus featuring games that are new and they're unboxing for you to check out. Also, we mentioned it, Arkham Horror is going to be hot. They've got the pre-order up for that. Some of the other sites have either sold out of their pre-orders or are slowly trickling them or limiting your number. So if you're really interested in Arkham Horror, I highly suggest you go to the pre-order and get it in at funagain.com.